Hey everybody, this is Todd Zumpel here with Joe Gordon for another edition of the Gordon Asset Management Podcast. Uh, jump right in. Joe, do you want to take the coronavirus update? Oh yeah, always. Uh, so uh, hello everyone. Um, this is the basic slide we use uh, every week just to get a broad brush uh, view of what is going on. You can see uh, the total cases uh, approaching 7 million or six and a half million, a uh, little bit, three, three to 400,000 over the prior week, and that's up there in the purple. And then you see uh, that hospitalizations decreased uh, by a little bit week over week, so that's positive. And then COVID deaths has climbed uh, just under 200,000. Uh, interestingly, uh, Vice, former Vice President Biden uh, had a gaffe saying 200 million, but on uh, testimony in the House, I just witnessed another person in Congress saying 200 million people had died. So it's really 200,000. Uh, not making a joke of that, 200,000 is too many, but it is what it is, and it's not nearly uh, a significant uh, a fact. Yeah, Joe, the stat that I like to follow is the hospitalizations, because um, obviously that's going to front run any uh, deaths. Um, so seeing a constant decline in hospitalizations is very positive. A lot of people say that as this thing uh, started tearing through the country, so to speak, that uh, a lot of the, the, the weaker folks, the elderly folks that had pre-existing con conditions, um, those folks tended to pass on early on, and not to sound calloused, of course, this is, this is horrible, but uh, the fact that hospitalizations are decreasing is definitely a positive sign. Yeah, and one, one other thing that's anecdotally, which will be interesting to watch, is since the NFL season is now uh, kicked off uh, uh, with two, game, two weekly uh, games, two weeks, uh, a number of the stadiums, uh, for example, Dallas this past Sunday, they had over 20,000 people there. Kansas City, uh, two weeks ago, opened the season with 17,000 or so. It'll be interesting to see if there's any clustering or hot spots uh, created from that overall. And we'll update you on that. Going forward, uh, a couple things worth noting. Uh, the CDC, Centers uh, for Disease Control, is getting a lot of uh, uh, grief, if you will, in the media because of things they're posting that are not necessarily their uh, information that they produced uh, and it turns out they're wrong. So you can see the first bullet here, they posted draft guidance on airborne transmission and then it turned out the World Health Organization said there's no evidence you can get it from airborne particles and it travels beyond six feet. I don't know why they published that. I saw a uh, testimony uh, today or an interview today on CNBC this morning uh, where that uh, very uh, issue was being debated that uh, the CDC shouldn't really publish anything on their website other than information that they produce themselves. So, uh, and then also they had another era era uh, came to light uh, it, that you really didn't need a test if you were uh, exposed to an infected person and you don't, weren't showing any symptoms. Obviously, so many people uh, that turned out were positive were asymptomatic. So that, that I don't know why they published that as well, but it is important uh, to note. So keep an eye on that. Yeah, and this is this is very interesting for me to watch. You know, it's the, the conspiracy theory. Um, you know, I, I think it's strange that the CDC did come out and say, well, you don't necessarily need to be tested if you've been in contact with somebody who's had COVID, even though you hadn't had any symptoms. I'm like, hmm, that's a, that's a little bit of a head scratcher. Um, the fact that they re reverse course on that, I think is positive. But 
you know, uh, enter all the conspiracy theories about Trump uh, uh, circumventing the CDC on some of this stuff. So it's, it's, it's interesting. It's a little bit sad to see that it's politicized, but uh, we'll see where things go from there. Okay, so now looking at uh, case changes, uh, the light blue, you got world cases uh, month over month, up 36% in the world. And the olive green, you can see uh, death percentage change in the last month, up 20%, uh, percent, a little over. And then in the uh, uh, purple is the U.S. Coronavirus, coronavirus case percentage change in the last month, up 21 22%. And then lastly, deaths uh, percentage change up uh, just under 15% over the last month. Yeah, and that's the, <clears throat> the big concern in the international markets right now is COVID and, and potential COVID lockdowns happening in, in Europe. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how things develop there, but it's definitely something that we're keeping an eye on. So now, how does that affect the markets? Well, uh, one of the things we've been cautioning about all year since the first blowout in mid-March was that the markets globally were kind of on weak <coughs> foundation. So you can see here what happened last week. Uh, developed markets outside the U.S., the Europe-Australia Far East Index, were down 2.64%, which brings their year-to-date total just minus 8.84, just under 9%. Emerging markets, which had been rallying a little bit on a weaker dollar, also fell one and a quarter percent. They're down now 2.18 percent year to date. And then also uh, the flight to safety, if you will, the global aggregate bond index, if people were not uh, invested in stocks, still positive at plus six percent year to date, but with zero bound interest rates. There's probably little upside there. And then in the U.S. market, we're starting to see cracks in the foundation. You know, we've been on what we call a sugar high. A lot of people refer to that as all the Fed, Fed stimulus. And for anyone on the call, you also know that there is no second stimulus bill. It is totally being sidetracked by politics. The House versus the White House and the Treasury Department, or call it Pelosi and Schumer in the Senate versus uh, Mnuchin. And, uh, and so it's going nowhere likely at all before the election. And the, the vast differences are half a trillion to a trillion dollars between uh, COVID-related things only and then also uh, uh, a lot of goodies that uh, the House wanted to throw in there that had nothing to do with the COVID response. So if you look at U.S. markets, uh, they sold off just under 3% last week, uh, bringing the year-to-date down from over 5% uh, the prior week to 1.93% year-to-date, so basically flatlining. And then you can look at NASDAQ, uh, which supposedly was impervious to anything about uh, gravity in the markets, fell 2.57%, now up only 26.57 year-to-date. That's still a great return, and anybody that's all in NASDAQ, uh, while not happy, they were up 33.34, they're only up 26 now, uh, but still, uh, that's, that's the megatechs going parabolic primarily, which we'll see in a sec. And again, we said it from, uh, from April, that if this were a sustained rally in a new bull market, you would have to always normally see small stocks lead it. Russell 2000 fell 3.1% last week. It's now down almost 11% year to date. And basically that supports our argument that we are in a uh, bear market rally. 
uh, not a new secular bull market. And if you look at fixed income, fell a little bit last week, not much. But year to date, the Barclays U.S. aggregate index is up 6.96%. Yeah, and what I like about this chart, Joe, is that it shows <clears throat> why it's important to have a diversified portfolio, right? You look at this line here, the Barclays Ag, so bonds. If you held bonds in your portfolio through the March COVID sell-off, you would have done a lot better um, potentially uh, over that time period. So again, it's just a good reminder, and this is a good snapshot to see this play out in action. Uh, but having a diversified portfolio, including bonds and stocks, uh, it tends to be uh, the best course of action for most people. So uh, when you look at uh, sort of a trend reversal, this slide basically is addressing uh, the outperformance of equal weighted indexes over market cap weighted indexes. And uh, if you look at it since the 1st of September, you can see equal weight is outperforming. So the S&P 500 is the, the equal weight index in green. You can see down 4.21% in the month of September. Uh, but if you look at uh, uh, the regular market cap weighted index down 6.61. And again, about a quarter of that index on a market cap basis is your five megatech uh, stocks. Uh, and then if you look at uh, NASDAQ by itself, uh, the purple, uh, the equal weighted index is the orange, I'm sorry, is down 7.25%. And then the purple being the market cap weighted is down over 10%. Some say, hey, is this a rotation from growth to value? I'm not so sure it's a rotation from, from growth to anything, but uh, because uh, for value to come back, you normally have to have financials. Financials are not making money in this environment. In fact, they have over-reserved bad loan loss estimates in Q2, and we think you'll see record earnings coming out and after Q3 in October because they realized that the carnage they were expecting wasn't as severe. But industrials and materials are typically value sectors. They have done better uh, on a relative basis in the last couple of weeks, uh, but they've been flatlining uh, the last few days as well. So here's the here's these kind of the tell-all slide is uh, when you look at the broader market, uh, the S&P 500 level uh, down 6%, 6.56% uh, this month. And then you look in September, uh, the megatechs. You can see Apple down 17. It was down 25% uh, intraday yesterday uh, and actually rallied significantly from like 102 bucks a share to 111. It's, it's flatlining today around 109, 110. Uh, but also Microsoft's down 10% from its high. Amazon down 12.84, Facebook 15.41, and Google 12.58. So it basically shows that the megatechs, you know, cannot defy gravity forever. Uh, sooner or later, people are going to sell into strength, and the and the ones that were selling uh, uh, into strength at the end of August obviously are, are are feeling really good about that decision. So we, still, though, when you look at it year to date, uh, you can look at rates of return. The S and P is only up 1.99 percent. Uh, so if you're diversified in stocks, you're probably not all that happy. But if you own a slice of these megatechs, you can say, well, Amazon's still up almost 65%. Apple's up 51.5%. Uh, uh, you've got uh, Microsoft up 29%. And then you've also got uh, Facebook up to almost 22%. Uh, and the only real laggard is Google uh, up 
but and who wouldn't who wouldn't take it up 8.58 percent. So again, the megatechs have ruled this year, and 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 a lot of other tech companies have done well too. The stay-at-home stuff like. Uh, DocuSign for electronic signatures on every document, and then also Zoom and things like that. Uh, so uh, it hasn't been just these five, but these five are a good snapshot. If you look at sectors, this is an extremely busy slide because uh, we've got all of the S&P 500 index sectors. There are 11 of them. And you can clearly see uh, from a standpoint of uh, J July of 18 going forward, you see everything went down in March of this year in the two-thirds of the way over in the slide, and then you see the rebound. And the rebound has been especially uh, kind to technology, that sector up 55.63%. Uh, and then you look at right below it in the dark green, and uh, you've got co uh, consumer discretionary. Uh, and then if you look at traditional sectors uh, that normally would do well, uh, uh, if you're having a rebound, I mean, the poster child for anemic returns is energy down at the bottom at minus 58. And obviously, there was a demand problem in April. No one was using energy uh, to fly, drive, or anything. And uh, so not a supply. The supply issue was where you store it. But uh, energy still way down uh, year to date. And, uh, and then a number of the other sectors are also lagging. The ones we normally would like in a zero interest rate environment, utilities and real estate haven't really done all that great either. Uh, I'm looking at you, the, the pink is real estate up 8%, and then I'm looking for utilities, the green lime green up 16% over this three-year period. So uh, still done okay, but year-to-date they haven't done uh, that well from their peaks. So valuation, we look at this every week. Again, uh, stocks are not as richly valued as they were at the beginning of September, but they are still, and again, this is the S&P index of which 23 to 4% of it is the uh, five megatechs. But you can see that we, when you look at this graph uh, dating back uh, to the bubblicious days at the turn of the century, 2000, 2002 is the last time we had valuations approaching uh, two standard deviation events. So. Uh, we're still above normal, uh, and you, you can see the PEs just 21.4 times earnings with a 25-year average of 16.5 roughly. Uh, but again, if we took the 495 stocks that are not the five megatechs and we looked at their valuations, it's really in the 16 to 17 times. So I'm not, not that worried about that, except when you look in textbooks and graphs, you know, this, this is not a chart you want to see with stocks overvalued future returns when they're this high usually are not that great, which you can see to the left when things peaked in 2000, 2002, the returns and PEs came way down. Yeah, and it is nice to see a little bit of mean reversion on this PE <clears throat> ratio. Um, what it says to me when I look at this chart is, hey, this little bit of a correction that we've had over the past couple of weeks is indeed healthy. Um, so the, we have corrections in the course of just normal market activity and the fact that uh, we're, we're backing off some of these highs in, the, in price to earnings ratios is, is definitely signaling a healthy return back to normal. So let's go to a transition here to unemployment. And you can see here in the uh, left a couple bullets, uh, continuing claims fell 750,000. Uh, last week, currently 12.63 million. Initial claims fell 24,000 to 860, and the unemployment rate is currently at 8.4. 4.4% 4 
from a peak uh, of 14.7. And again, in testimony before the House Financial Services Committee, as we speak, Mnuchin highlighted uh, this particular type data point as a, a reason why they did what they did at the Fed and the Treasury and why they put so much stimulus in order to not have the disaster scenarios of up to 25% unemployment that some were talking about in late March, early April. So clearly the injection has worked, but everyone seems to feel we need more PPP in another round uh, to get through uh, the virus. So Fed testimony, uh, again, Powell's there with Mnuchin right now, uh, but uh, basically said we're going to continue aid as long as it takes last week. He also said they were not going to fight inflation any longer, I guess, because they fought it and they lost. And, uh, and basically, hey, there's uncertainty, so we're going to be status quo. We're going to be zero bound on interest rates to, I think he said, at least 2023 which gives you some certainty to, of what to expect. So if you have a mortgage you haven't refied, you probably want to do that. And then one of the things that's controversial, this Main Street lending program, the bottom bullet on the left, is that um, a lot of people think it's the government not willing to lend that money, but it's not. It's just basically the minimum loan right now is a million dollars. They're considering lowering that. And uh, the, the financial and other application processes uh, significant. So it's really more for mid-market companies. It's not for your typical mom-and-pop business, uh, but they may take some of that budget and make it more readily available to main, what I would call Main Street small business uh, prospectively, and that's under discussion. Yeah, and actually, just before we stepped in here, <clears throat> I was listening to a little bit about uh, a little bit of what Paolo was saying, and um, what he, what it seemed to me when he was speaking, it seemed to me that he was signaling uh, to the to the government, the Senate, that hey, you guys, if you want to stimulate, go ahead, green light, we'll we'll monetize any additional debt. <clears throat> you know, one of the things that that he mentioned was that I thought was interesting is he was uh, speaking with Maxine Waters and kind of made it clear that this Main Street lending program wasn't really intended for, for, for small companies and that uh, we potentially need another PPP. So when, when you look at folks like Jay Powell speak, to me, it's all about signaling to the folks on Capitol Hill that, hey, if you want to go ahead and go this route, offer more PPP money, stimulate, we're giving you the green light, we're, we're on board. So uh, obviously everything's political right now, and who knows what will get done, if anything, uh, before the election, but uh, that, that it is something that we're closely watching. Uh, now, the next slide, I thought this was interesting. I, I charted out the S&P 500 index, NASDAQ, uh, Barclays Bond Index, and the Russell 2000 small caps over the presidencies of both uh, Barack Obama and so far with uh, Donald Trump. And it's kind of interesting. You look at these two charts side to side by side, even though one's eight years and the other's four years, they look very similar. You know, a lot of the questions we get from uh, clients, friends of the farm is, hey, what's going on with the election? Uh, should I put all my money in cash? Should I, should I hide it in the mattress? What should I do? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty worried. You know, the net result, and, and Joe's talked about this on prior uh, webcasts that we've done, is the net result is not much happens with, with presidential elections. I think, if anything, the president has to 
uh, bend to the whims of the powerhouse uh, U.S. economy versus driving uh, actual results in the market. Joe, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of political stuff going on, and it, it, there there is widespread uh, uh, sentiment that what Z just said is totally true, and it's being written about all over the world. And uh, in a missive I read yesterday from uh, Louis Ga- Gav uh, at GavCal, uh, he lives in uh, Hong Kong, or at least he used to. I don't know where he lives now, maybe Singapore, since it's probably safer. Uh, but they, they write globally, and they talked about the same issue. It doesn't matter who becomes president. I saw someone on CNBC this morning saying the same thing, that, you know, yeah, there'll be changes here and there, but by and large, uh, you're going to have uh, similar results. And that's why this, this, these two charts do look strikingly similar across uh, all four of those indexes. And so we'll see. But, um, but for people think that the world is ending uh, and so forth, I, I, I don't really buy into that thesis. But uh, clearly, we have clients that want to be conservative and have gone to treasuries and some gold. And one thing is for sure, if they do another round of stimulus, which it's pretty much in the cards that they will, I think you'll see precious metals, mostly gold, gold miners, silver. Silver miners uh, will respond positively to that. So clients that have that as a hedge, it's probably a good thing because it's, it's pretty much a given thing. It's, uh, the stimulus will happen. It's just how much. So things that we're watching as we transition here at the end of the day, obviously uh, in North Carolina, uh, for our North Carolina clients, which are most, um, you have the school uh, starting going uh, initiative politically. You have the governor saying that the K through four or five elementary uh, kids can start October 1. Then you had the teachers union respond back that they won't do it. They'll go on strike. I don't know what's going to happen there, but... Uh, clearly, you have that particular issue. And, you know, another thing we, we were watching uh, about this is, uh, is the political conspiracy in the city of Nashville, Tennessee, which is a great place, and how the uh, mayor there shut down all the bars and restaurants after reversal opening, uh, claiming they were the hot spots when it turned out it was construction sites and uh, hospitals and assisted living facilities primarily. So there's a lot of politization of this COVID stuff going on everywhere. And uh, and we'll just see. I think a lot of people are getting tired of it. You have the mail-in voting thing that's uh, uh, happening, and there have been cases of fraud. Uh, in fact, North Carolina actually leads the league, believe it or not, as the state with the highest number of dead people on their voting rolls. A lot of states just uh, are required to clean their voting rolls, but they don't ever do it. So you end up with a lot of dead people who are still registered to vote. And somehow some of them do vote. I wonder how that happens. But, <laughs> but anyway, but also you've got the, the money supply expansion, uh, the stimulus issues we've already talked about. The megatechs are peeling back a little bit. Uh, there is a lot of talk that there's going to be massive uh, regulation of some of the megatechs, especially Facebook and Google. And then you've got dollar weakness uh, against the euro. The euro's kind of hanging in there. It's about a dollar eighteen per euro uh, as we speak, as of yesterday. We'll see what happens there. And again, growth versus value. We're looking at it, but I don't think you're really going to see that rotation happening unless the economy uh, uh, amps up a little bit uh, going forward. 
Yeah, so with that, uh, like I mentioned at the at the top of the uh, webcast today, uh, we're going to actually transform this webcast into a simulcast as well as a uh, podcast that we'll make available on iTunes and Spotify. We'll be doing lots of new and interesting things, inviting guests on, business owners, uh, potentially folks at some of the investment uh, companies, mutual fund companies, money managers that we work with. So as we go forward... Please give us your feedback on what you think works and what doesn't work, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll definitely take that into consideration. So with that, uh, folks, hope you have a great day. Thanks for attending.